Hi everyone, I'm Gary Knoll. Nice to have you with us today. We begin our program with a study from First Hospital of Jilin in University in China. It's about eating more broccoli will decrease your risk of premature death. How about that? Now, we knew we needed the cruciferous vegetables, the broccoli, the radishes, the mustard, cauliflower, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, kale, watercress. Yes, all great for us because they have sulfur-based chemicals in them, indole-3-carbonyl, isothiocyanate, and others that can help us. Well, now a study reported in Frontiers of Nutrition found an association between greater broccoli consumption and a lower risk of dying during a 16-year follow-up period. The intake of broccoli intake was also associated with lower markers of inflammation. That's why it's so good against cancer. The study included 5,556 men and women who were 20 years and older, and this was a part of their National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. So compared to individuals who never consumed broccoli, those who consumed it most frequently had an adjusted 18% lower risk of death during a follow-up period of 16 years. And among those who occasionally and regularly consumed it, the risk of death was 28% and uh, 15% lower in comparison with no broccoli consumption. So the more broccoli you eat, the lower your chance of dying, and dying especially of cardiovascular disease. 18% lower risk of that. 34% lower risk of uh, other forms of ways of dying. Now, from the Medical University of South Carolina, N-acetylcysteine, NAC, could decrease the need for pain relief following surgery. An article published in Pain Management suggests a role for N-acetylcysteine, NAC, in the relief of pain following surgery. This was a randomized clinical trial. They either received NAC during spinal surgery, uh, subsequently requested fewer opiate drugs, and had lower pain scores than those who received a placebo. NAC, 500 to 1,000 milligrams a day. Also, a nutrient we're going to hear more about is taurine, T-A-U-R-I-N-E, and it's emerging as a therapeutic agent for neurological disorders. This is according to the Central University of Harana in India and the University of Sachin. There's new information emerging about taurine, T-A-U-R-I-N-E, as a therapeutic agent for neurological disorders. And this is from the Central University of Harana in uh, India. Taurine is a sulfur-containing semi-essential amino acid that occurs naturally in the body that alternates between inflammation and oxidative stress mediation, and it's especially important if you have injuries. Taurine effectively protects against a number of neurological disorders, stroke, epilepsy, uh, cerebral ischemia, memory dysfunction, and spinal cord injury. And based upon the findings from studies, we can conclude that taurine is necessary for maintaining uh, the optimal neuroprotective health of the body, especially if you have Parkinson's disease. It can make a difference there and uh, also from stroke. That's good news.
Our next study comes from North Carolina State University, and it urges people to think twice before going on a diet. A new quantitative and qualitative study highlights the negative interpersonal and psychological consequences associated with the yo-yo dieting, also known as the weight cycle. The work underscores how toxic yo-yo dieting can be and how difficult it can be for people to break the cycle. So when you're on a yo-yo diet, you lose some weight, then you go back off your healthy diet onto a bad diet, and you gain it back. Then you lose weight. So this up and down, up and down is not good for anyone. And that's what this study found. So try eating a healthy diet, exercising, and doing proper supplementation. And finally, from the medical university in Poland, they showed the protective power of black cumin seed oil against fluoride toxicity. Now we know it does a lot of good things. I suggest everyone always have a pint of black cumin seed oil in the refrigerator. It'll stay a long time. You have the flu, you have a cold, you have COVID, whatever you have, black cumin seed oil can help. Food poisoning, it can help along with charcoal and, and anise, uh, it's very important. But in this case, it helps if you've had fluoride toxicity, mainly that fluoride's coming from the water. So one more reason to have that substance. That's it on health and nutrition. We're going to take a break and come right back. Please stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Gary Nall. We've been playing clips that highlight those in power or their institutions or spokespersons in Congress, in government, in big industry, in the media, trying to convince us that what we're seeing, what we're experiencing, is not what we're seeing or experiencing. Don't trust your eyes. Don't trust your own intuition. Don't trust your own experience firsthand. Trust them. And look how they've misled us. One example is overconsuming of stuff we don't need, charging outrageous interest with the hope that we can't pay it all off within 30 days, our credit cards, so they can charge us increased interest. There's a huge industry out there on debt financing, and we are nothing if bankrupt. $333 trillion in our debt total, including unfunded entitlements only $27 trillion in gross domestic product. And that's just to be a, in the next 24 months, it'll be exceeded by the BRICS nations, in which case it will adversely affect the value of the dollar and everything pegged upon it. That's why I'm encouraging people get out of debt now. But then we see that everything they tell us is untrue in part or whole. Look what they did with COVID. And they haven't been brought to justice yet. And still people, at almost 47% of all people, still believe in vaccines. They're still getting it. My own family are still getting vaccines. My friends, every friend I know except two, got all the vaccines and are still getting them, no matter what I suggest to them. Why? Why, if the evidence is overwhelming? Well, we're going to present a case in point right now. One of the world's leading cardiologists, the most cited cardiologist and nephrologist in the world, Dr. Peter McCullough, orthodox as you get, all the titles, all the prestige, all the appointments to governmental agencies, his special advisor and consultant, professor in practice, multiple board certifications, 
and yet he dared to look after the fact at the truth of COVID's protocols and saw that it didn't make sense. You'll hear him in his own words in a moment. And then he began to challenge it in a rather conservative way. He wasn't out there, you know, banging drums. And then he found the truth and he told it. And for that, he was excoriated. He was gaslit. He was destroyed. So here he is telling you the truth, a truth you need to hear and share it with others. He's very measured. He will never say anything unless he has citations from the Honest, Independent, Peer Review Journal. And how many studies do we now have that we didn't have any before? But now we have to show that everything they told us and expected us to do, and we did, was wrong. Over 3,500 independent, highly respected scientific studies on COVID and its consequences. And he's going to give you a little wake-up call now. Please share it with other people. It's credible. He's not a sour grape person just trying to get even with anyone. He's merely trying to inform you. You getting vaccinated, you could be doing the wrong thing and harming or ending your life. By the way, remember this. Before there was COVID, before there was the uh, uh, the doctor small group of 10 to 15 doctors in their lab coats out in front of the Supreme Court talking about uh, frontline doctors talking about what was wrong with the vaccines and remdesivir given to all the people in hospitals. We had already given you three articles showing you how to build up your immune system, showing you how you could survive even if we were all infected, you wouldn't end up going to the hospital or dying. Many of you right now have ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, zinc, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin B, D3, and the in your in your uh, uh, in your refrigerator so if you should become infected again then you know what to do to help your body defend itself and yet you were denied any truth you were denied respect you were denied an opportunity to share your information well that should tell you a lot about the people in power now to our clip Dr. Peter McCullough, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Sure. My pleasure. Um, when I told people that I was going to be talking to you, the very first thing they wanted to say was thank you, because there have been very, very few voices that we can trust during this last time. I'm sure you've heard that, but but thank you. It was ever a time, was there ever a moment when you knew that starting to speak, the gates of hell would open up on you? I mean, I think I slid into it over time, but you know, I think things got tense when the vaccines rolled out, and within a few months, we knew they weren't safe. I, I think that's when the tension really ramped up. It's been such an amazing time, and and I've I've got all of these questions, and and I I don't what what's the most important message that you have for people right now? Um, what are you up to right now, and what do you want people to know first and foremost? I want people to know that uh, on Friday, April or January 12, 2024, uh, the Rasmussen survey came out and it indicated that 53% of Americans believe the COVID-19 vaccines are causing serious side effects and resulting in large numbers of deaths. 
53. That means 47% don't. This is very important. 47% don't. Now, there have been multiple calls to pull the vaccines off the market, COVID-19 vaccines, for record injuries, disabilities, and deaths. And um, they've come from uh, the World Council for Health out of the UK, like a, a WHO-like organization, the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. I was the first in the United States Senate to call for them to be removed. I just made the call on January 12th, last Friday, in U.S. Congress, the first person in Congress to make the call. Uh, Andrew Brigden in the U.K. Parliament, Malcolm Roberts in uh, the Australian Parliament has made these public calls. And now Florida Surgeon General Joe Ladapo uh, has also called for the vaccines to be pulled off the market. In total, uh, that we now have about 80 lawmakers, uh, you know, two major medical societies, multiple um, individuals around the world, and of course, myself leading the charge for the medical community. The COVID-19 vaccines are not safe for human use. I, I wouldn't want someone to think, listening to this podcast, it's, it's okay to get, go out and get another shot. It, it's not. I, I was listening to one of your interviews where you were saying a lot of people that were that felt it in the arm at first, the effects were even more. Can you give a little bit on that? It's true. Uh, a paper by Schmeling and colleagues identified about 30% of people who take the vaccine don't even have a sore arm. They don't feel anything. And they never have any side effects. And uh, about just under 70% who take it have some modest side effects. And we're down to 4.2% in the Schmeling paper that really get sick and they have side effects. Our CDC vSafe data, 10 million Americans, I mean, it's a huge data set. The number is 7.7% of people really get sick with the vaccines, like have to go to the emergency room or be hospitalized. So it's under 10%. But the problem is when a huge number of people take the vaccines, that number, let's say it's somewhere between, you know, four and and eight percent, that number turns out to be a large number of individuals now with problems. And we have over 3,400 peer-reviewed papers in the literature. The problems are well, well acknowledged to be in four categories, heart damage, myocarditis, acceleration of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, neurologic stroke, both ischemic and hemorrhagic, Guillain-Barre syndrome, small fiber neuropathy, seizures, hearing loss, vision loss, uh, blood clots, hematological, it's the third category, blood clots, arterial and venous, like we've never seen before, large, rubbery blood clots that don't dissolve with blood thinners. And then the fourth area is immunologic, the whole array of immunologic syndromes, people get sick. Recent media host, uh, Megan Kelly, announced she's got an autoimmune problem from the vaccine. By the way, we have public figures to represent each one of these. So, uh, for instance, uh, myocarditis, we have basketball player Oscar Cabrera Adamas. He's a Dominican player. He's played in the European leagues, doesn't want to take the vaccine, and he's forced to take it. And then he develops myocarditis, has a cardiac arrest while playing in Europe. They resuscitate him. He survives. And then two years later, he dies on a treadmill test trying to return to the league. So fatal myocarditis, well-recognized. He's uh, an example. Stroke. We've seen all kinds of stroke, a thrombotic stroke in, in Haley Bieber, Justin Bieber's wife, um, Jamie Foxx, somebody I know. Jamie, you know, he knew the vaccines weren't safe. He took it, purportedly had 
uh, a stroke, um, all kinds of uh, uh, you know neurologic problems, uh, uh, including uh, Guillain-Barré syndrome, ascending uh, paralysis. Um, we have uh, you know another example, a neurologic complication. Diane Feinstein, she developed neuroinvasive varicella zoster uh, infection after almost certainly after taking the vaccines and uh, invaded her brain and killed her. Uh, Justin Bieber uh, developed a Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. That's a signature vaccine injury syndrome. Blood clots. Look at uh, uh, Kirk Herbstreet, a college football announcer. He has COVID early on, has long COVID, no reason to take a vaccine. What does he do? He takes a vaccine uh, because he's told he needs to do so or he thinks it's the only way to get back to work. What, what happens? He develops blood clots. They shoot to his lungs. Same thing happened to Al Roker, the weatherman. Uh, uh, you know, it's just absolutely... It's just not uh, stopping. Uh, it's not stopping. It's not stopping. So you can pick every single category and pick public figures where this has happened to. And then that's just the tip of the iceberg. So yeah. I, I was watching another one of your interviews talking about the deaths, or maybe, no, maybe you were testifying of just the deaths that have been reported. What do you think on a on a global scale what could possibly be i saw something uh, did you watch the tucker carlson interview where they were talking 17 million is this something that's that's a possibility it's real uh our cdc is verifying 18,000 americans have died after the vaccine you know reported by doctors who think the death is due to the vaccine they confirm the death certificates 1150 of those occur right in the vaccine center or a few hours afterwards i mean it's it's crystal clear that's underreported probably by 30. That means we're somewhere around 550,000 Americans, approaching 600,000 Americans have lost their lives with the vaccine. Worldwide analysis by Dennis Rancourt from Montreal, 17 million people losing their lives with the vaccine. Remember, the United States is only 4% of the world's population, so it fits. And it's not just VAERS in the United States. We have an analysis from Columbia, Pantazatos and Seligman, as well as Michigan State, Mark Skidmore, they all agree. The numbers are all concordant. Large numbers of people are losing their lives with the vaccine. I've led the largest autopsy uh, series on this. Uh, of all the deaths after the vaccine that have gotten autopsies, 73.9% of them, the vaccine is the cause of death or uh, greatly assisted. If it's myocarditis, it's 100%. So um, I can tell you it's large numbers. Uh, you know, 5, 10, 15, no more than 50 deaths should have been pulled off the market. So we're talking, this should have been pulled off the market December of 2020, January of 2021 at the latest. Pfizer concealed 1,223 deaths that they knew about within 90 days. So, uh, you know, we knew early these vaccines were deadly and dangerous. By the time we got to March of 2021, I was in the Texas Senate Health and Human Services Committee you know, and I was telling people, listen, I don't like what I see. This is to to me the only word that I can think of is just pure evil and sinister. Is that there's there's do, do you believe that this could have been planned or is this a huge accident? I I don't I don't know where what to tell people because I I just hashtag genocide on most of my posts. But what are what are your thoughts? I mean, how and why? Has this not immediately been pulled off? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a product of nearly 200 years of vaccine ideology where vaccines have come forward, they're poorly tested, we're told to accept them. 
this one came along. It's brand new genetic technology. Uh, it's coding for the lethal part of the virus, the spike protein. There's no way to shut it off. Once it goes in the body, there's no way to get the vaccine out. We're now getting reports of the vaccine itself, the messenger RNA lasting in the body very long periods of time. We don't know if it's ever destroyed. Spike protein circulating in the bloodstream, you know, for six months or longer. People keep taking the shots. They have continually have circulating spike protein. They have a foreign protein in their bloodstream that was engineered in a biosecurity lab in Wuhan, China. And Americans are walking around with this in their bloodstream. Uh, it, it's it, it's impossible to assign motive. It, it's just the worst idea ever. It looks like the doctors are taking it. You know, I, I accept everything at face value. Our lawmakers said they take they took it. I believe them. Nancy Mason, Congress, she took it. She says she's got a vaccine problem now. I was on a TV show yesterday. Doctor Drew, he's kind of a famous TV doctor. He took the vaccine. He says he's vaccine injured. I believe him. I mean, it's just. It's just case after case after case. Now, we can't count on the FDA to save us. The FDA commissioner, Robert Califf, uh, and, and division head Peter Marks, they're actually out there promoting vaccines. They're like a drug company. They're promoting vaccines. They're not you know, unbiased as uh, safety watchdogs. So, uh, so our whole system now has become unmoored. The only thing we can do is trust ourselves trust our own uh, instincts, do our own research. Now we're being presented with disease X, that we should get worried about disease X. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Disease X is not a real virus. It's a concept. It's a theoretical virus. The World Economic Forum held meetings on this yesterday, extensive meetings. Peter Daszak at the EcoHealth Alliance, who, who participated in the creation of SARS-CoV-2, has been writing about disease X for years, says that we can design viruses, bacteria, fungi, to be super infectious and very invasive and lethal using gain-of-function research. And then we can devise vaccines, monoclonal antibodies, and treatments to them. And in his view, uh, whoever holds the biological threat and they hold the countermeasures, they hold power. So disease X is a power grab, and it's got the world terrified. Because we, there are bio labs all over the world, there's been no efforts to try to standardize or improve safety or even inventory where these labs are. Gain-of-function research in the United States, the, the ban on gain-of-function research is just at the federal funding level. It means you can't get an NIH grant. There's gain-of-function research going on all over. Gates Foundation, Wellcome Trust, Rockefeller Foundation, universities, they're doing gain-of-function research all over. It's not illegal. So when I've testified in multiple state senates, and they said, Dr. McCullough, what can we do? I said, why don't you do an inventory of the gain-of-function research in your state and figure out where the risks are? And the lawmakers look at me and they just drop their jaw. They're just lost. One of the one of the most uh, the people that want me to ask you this question is how the people that got duped and got it, what can they do to detox? I know that you have kind of a, hopefully we can drive people to to you know, sign up for your newsletter to be able to, can you tell us a, a little bit how people can start this detox process if, if that's even a thing? Right. Well, the Biden administration and HHS, they spent a billion dollars on long COVID, haven't looked at the vaccines, but they've come up with zero protocols 
zero new drugs, no, no detoxification. So myself, my practice partner, Brian Proctor, we've been studying this now for a very long time. Uh, looks like three natural substances really do work. Uh, natokinase, derived from the fermentation of soy, uh, bromelain, derived from the stems of pineapples, and curcumin, together work to dissolve this spike protein, help the body get rid of it. It's called McCullough Protocol-Based Spike Protein Detoxification. The doses are natokinase, 2,000 units twice a day, bromelain, 500 milligrams a day, and curcumin combined with piperine, 500 milligrams twice a day. These are starting doses. They can be escalated. Most people who have vaccine problems or long COVID problems, you know, we use other drugs in addition to this, but we found if you don't work to get rid of the spike protein, the patients don't get better. Uh, most people need this for three, six, nine, 12 months. All right. By the way, that was Eric Matosis and his uh, podcast. We want to thank him with the American Matosis Show for interviewing Dr. McCullough, who's appeared on our program. What's important is three things you just heard. And that's why I need you to start connecting all this information together. I have five different points of connection today. First, that McCullough, who at the beginning was recommending the vaccines and also the drug uh, that was used uh, in, the, in the hospitals and didn't see a problem until he did see a problem. And this is months on. And then he was positive for vaccines. In fact, a lot of people were Malone got, he and his wife, both, Robert Malone, got the vaccines. Only later did they start to realize something was wrong. Okay, that's good. Now, mind you, he's an ultra-Orthodox doctor and a scientist. He is both. But he said now the evidence is overwhelming. At least 600,000 dead Americans from the vaccines, not COVID. 17 million dead worldwide. That's the latest figure. So those are two very concerning figures. So when people ask, well, isn't Anthony Fauci going to be held accountable? The answer is no. You will not see him held accountable. You hear him criticized by Rand Paul. But you're going to hear in a few minutes, when, when he's interviewed, he doesn't answer a single question. He just uh, throws something back to try to distract. All the evidence points to he is complicit. They're all complicit. And by the way, just yesterday, a new report came out showing that there were grant proposals in 2018 for the uh, weaponizing the uh, SARS virus. And this was, this was creating 20 new chimeric uh, viruses per year with Ralph Barrick University of North Carolina. So when he said it wasn't against the law, to do gain of function. It was a moratorium was put on no more funding from the federal government on gain of function research, but stop calling it gain of function research. It's biological weaponized research. It's creating biological weapons. And China just announced two weeks ago that it had just created a new virus that is 100% lethal, 100%. And also we have new information I'll be sharing on an upcoming progressive commentary hour about who really did the work at the Wuhan lab? And why was it not all in the Batwoman's top laboratory? It was a secondary laboratory that didn't have the same safety standards. And leaks got out from there. By the way, there are over 300 leaks from these laboratories, and yet none of them have been closed down. No funding has been stopped. 
and all of them are still getting money to do gain-of-function or biological weapons research. This shows you just the insanity of this. Now we're going to a different clip. What is the single most dangerous law on the books in Washington, D.C.? Some will say, what's well, the Patriot Act? Others will say, it's gain-of-function research, which allows you to be arrested without being charged, allows you to be held without having right of counsel. It takes away your Fourth Amendment rights, your First Amendment rights, and they could actually, in the, in the actual law, the President of the United States can uh, determine if you're to be executed, and if you are, he is identified, and everyone else in participates says, you can kill a person. That's still not the worst thing that's happening out there. The worst law that we have, that if we changed it, and I'm asking people in this audience, if you feel the information that you're about to hear and the information that we can present is authentic, then you should be on the phone or emailing, contacting your legislature, legislator at the, uh, in the House or the Senate and saying, repeal, take away the 230 provision. Because the 230 provision means you can't sue any, you can't sue Wikipedia. And yet it libels people constantly. It's libeled me. My lawyers sent 22 pages of facts to show that not a single thing they had on my biography, which they created, I didn't, uh, was true. And we sent them third-person independent documentation that everything was wrong. They didn't care because you can't sue them because they're protected as a social platform. So too is Google and Wikipedia and Facebook and all these other uh, websites. So shouldn't we eliminate this? So if they do something that's against you and wrong, provable and demonstrable in a court of law, you could sue them? Yes, we should. This shows you how many legislators are in people's pockets. They all are. Every legislator in Washington, D.C., even though they may be on the right side of some issues, on the wrong side of the contempt for honesty and decency, none of them have that. Here's, uh, here's Representative Chip Roy, and he says what all of us are saying and thinking, but he's saying it out loud. It's a short clip, and he's saying this in committee, both the Democrats and Republicans, and I've never heard this before by a legislator. So listen carefully, because this shows you the contempt he has for every single member of Congress. Because I, you cannot show me a member of Congress that has not received money and lobbyists and their agenda and carrying that forward. Do you think the Epstein, do you think the Epstein um, tapes, the videos of famous people having sex with minors, would not have been made public? if it weren't for powerful people having control over their legislators who have control uh, in high office at the Justice Department. Everything is interconnected in Washington, and it's all corrupt. Here's Chip Roy. Listen to what he has to say. See if you agree with it or not. Uh, I spent a lot of time with people not in Texas <laughs> over the last week. Every single one of them. New Hampshire, Iowa, airports, uh, South Carolina, had stopped in South Carolina the day before yesterday. Every single one of them are beside themselves at the rote incompetence and absurdity that is this body. All of us. Every stinking last one of us. Every single person I talk to, 
cannot understand how a body that is supposed to be representative of the people comes here and manages to make this country worse on a daily basis, no matter who's in the majority. I defy anybody to prove me otherwise. $34 trillion of debt, and we have my Democratic colleagues saying we can't even have a conversation about Social Security, Medicare, and we have ATR and a bunch of people flipping out on our side saying you can't even have a conversation about taxes. What in the utter hell is wrong with this body? It is just mind-blowing. If you believe in modern monetary theory, then put your money where your mouth is and just get rid of taxes. Why should we have a single dollar of taxation if you believe in modern monetary theory? Just spend our children's inheritance. Do you watch the debt clock and have even a pang of guilt at your own incompetence? And I'm looking at every member of the body, both sides of the aisle, and I'm looking in the mirror. We can't even cut discretionary spending. We can't even cut bureaucrats and programs that have very little discernible value to the American citizens. And we think we're going to have a serious conversation about Social Security and Medicare? It's laughable. It is absolutely laughable. And it's an embarrassment to come back and sit here in a committee where we have colleagues shutting down any chance of bipartisan efforts to put everything on the table and do our damn job. Meanwhile, the American people are the people left holding the bag. So this bill, I mean, frankly, every one of these commissions in the past has failed. That's why we're $34 trillion in debt. I'll support this one. I hope we can do something. But right now, the American people are looking at us and wondering, what in the hell? is this Congress doing for them? I yield back. And how about they're doing nothing constructive? No one's doing anything in Congress to help the average person. And when they get up and mouth off something, it doesn't mean that that's going to end up causing change. Let's now go to what I was talking about. I don't like Senator Lindsey Graham. I think he is a, the leading neocon senator in, in all of Congress. He's a warmonger, in my opinion but he is absolutely right about what he's about to say. And this is about the protection of all the social media platforms that we now know it's not conspiratorial, it's factual, under oath and through the information given to Congress, we now know that the FBI met with Facebook and Google, all the, the Homeland Security, and they decided what information was allowed and what information would be considered disinformation and banned. That's censorship by the government. That's against the law. And that also impacted the last, um, last outcome of the last election. Let's go to the clip. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, the Republicans will answer the call. All of us, every one of us, is ready to work with you and our Democratic colleagues on this committee to prove to the American people, while Washington is certainly broken, there's a ray of hope. And it is here. It lies with your children. After years of working on this issue with you and others, I've come to conclude the following. Social media companies, as they are currently designed and operate, are dangerous products. They're destroying lives, threatening democracy itself. These companies must be reined in, or the worst is yet to come.
Gavin Guffey is a representative, Republican representative uh, from South Carolina in the Rock Hill area. To all the victims who came and showed us photos of your loved ones, don't quit. It's working. You're making a difference. Through you, we'll get to where we need to go so other people won't have to show a photo of their family. The damage to your family has been done. Hopefully, we can take your pain and turn it into something positive so nobody else has to hold up a sign. <clears throat> Gavin's son got online to Instagram and was tricked by a group in Nigeria that put up a young lady posing to be his girlfriend. And as things go at that stage in life, he gave her some photos, uh, compromising sexual photos. And it turned out that she was part of a, a extortion group in Nigeria. They threatened the young man that if you don't give us money, we're going to expose these photos. He gave them money, but it wasn't enough. They kept threatening and he killed himself. They threatened Mr. Guffey and a son. These are bastards by any known definition. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, you and the companies before us, I know you don't mean to, it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product that's killing people. When we had cigarettes killing people, we did some about it, maybe not enough. You're going to talk about guns? We have the ATF. Nothing here. There's not a damn thing anybody can do about it. You can't be sued. Now, Senator Blumenthal and Blackburn, who've been like the dynamic duo here, have found emails from your company where they warned you about this stuff, and you decided not to hire 45 people that could do a better job of policing this. So the bottom line is you can't be sued. You should be. And these emails would be great for punitive damages. But the courtroom's closed to every American abused by all the companies in front of me. Of all the people in America we could give blanket liability protection to, this would be the last group I would pick. It is now time to repeal Section 230. This committee is made up of the ideologically most different people you could find. We've come together through your leadership, Mr. Chairman, to pass five bills to deal with the problem of exploitation of children. I'll talk about them uh, in depth in a little bit. The bottom line is all these bills have met the same fate. They go nowhere. They leave the committee and they die. Now, there's another approach. What do you do with dangerous products? You either allow lawsuits, you have statutory protections to protect consumers, or you have a commission of sorts to regulate the industry in question, to take your license away if you have a license, to fine you. None of that exists here. We live in an America in 2024 where there is no regulatory body dealing with the most profitable, biggest companies in the history of the world. They can't be sued, and there's not one law on the book that's meaningful protecting the American consumer. Other than that, we're in a good spot. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think after this hearing today, we're going to put a lot of pressure on our colleagues, leadership of the Republican Democratic Senate, to let these bills get to the floor and vote. And I'm going to go down, starting in a couple of weeks, 
make unanimous request, uh, unanimous consent request to do CSAM, do the Earn It Act, do your bill, do all the bills, and you can be famous, come and object. I'm going to give you a chance to be famous. Now, Elizabeth Warren and Lindsey Graham have almost nothing in common. I promised her I would say that publicly. <laughs> the only thing worse than me doing a bill with Elizabeth Warren is her doing a bill with me. We have sort of parked that because Elizabeth and I see an abuse here that needs to be dealt with. Senator Durbin and I have different political philosophies, but I appreciate what you've done on this committee. You've been a great partner to all of my Democratic colleagues. Thank you very, very much. To my Republican colleagues, thank you all very, very much. <clears throat> Save the applause for when we get a result. It's all talk right now. But there'll come a day, if we keep pressing, to get the right answer for the American people. What is that answer? Accountability. Now, these products have an upside. You've enriched our lives. In the okay. What he's saying is this. Right now, no matter what, Facebook or Google or Wikipedia do and say and advocate and how they've been completely captured and controlled by the deep state and special interest. You can't do a thing about it. You can't sue them. I'll give you an example of this. And they're protected by Bill Clinton's um, two, uh, the 230 Act, and that's what has to be Eliminated. That's what he's talking about, working together, both individuals, and get rid of that completely. All right? So if they say something that's not true, you can sue them. And that's, that's what they were able to do. And if you don't think a lot of money changed hand, a lot of lobbyists, uh, a lot of favors given, then you're not in the real world. So advocate for your legislator. Get rid of the protection of the social media, that they can't be sued. Let them be sued. All right. Otherwise, it's no different than a vaccine maker or Bill, Bill Gates getting a complete identification immunity from prosecution in Switzerland. Why? He's just a person, not even a college graduate. Why? Because he spends money, puts money in everyone's pockets? That's what this is about. I have never said this to brag. I merely say it as a point. I cured AIDS in every single patient I work with. Those were on advanced protocol for 16 months, and we have all the science to back it up. An independent documentary was made by the uh, International uh, Society for Independent Investigative Journalists. Two years in the works. Interviewed hundreds of people, including medical staff, journalists, patients. Reviewed thousands of documents. Yeah, it worked. It happened. Then why in the hell did Anthony Fauci, who controlled the world, it's not Gallo, it was Fauci, because he's the one who did the funding. So long as you went along with he, uh, his philosophy on AIDS, you got money in your pocket. If you didn't, you didn't get a penny. In fact, you got attacked by a radical group within the AIDS community that was sponsored and given lots of money, millions of dollars, by the manufacturer of AZT, which killed at least 300,000 people. But Nobody wants to pay attention to that. Now, why do you think I did yesterday's program? And yet, think of the lives that could have been saved. Instead, they used the oldest tactic in the world, weaponize a word, AIDS denier. They were causing the death of people. I was saving their lives. Yet I'm the one on Wikipedia. Can I change it? Not based upon the current law. 
neither can Robert Kennedy Jr. in the lives of or Cheryl Atkinson or Deepak Chopra or Rupert Sheldrick or hundreds of other people. It's all protected unless this changes. If this changes, then if someone does you wrong and you can prove it, sue them, just like you could under normal circumstances in the rest of our economy. That's what that was about. And it's taken decades before they're finally at this point. Now, here's an interesting clash between Anthony Fauci and Rand Paul. And the architect of this is Anthony Fauci, of everything. And yet, listen, he doesn't answer the question. He sidesteps. Let's go to the clip. Senator Paul. Dr. Fauci, the idea that a government official like yourself would claim unilaterally, unilaterally to represent science, that any criticism of you would be considered a criticism of science itself, is quite dangerous. Central planning, whether it be of the economy or of science, is risky because of the fallibility of the planner. It would not be so catastrophic if the planner were simply one physician in Peoria, then the mistakes would only affect that physician's patients, the people who chose that physician. But when the planner is a government official, like yourself, who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with him. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. When does he get charged for lying under oath? Apparently there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree that they are fringe. And immediately there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down. And not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? The email you're referring to was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it. We got something in Wired no, magazine. No, no, no. I think in you usual did. fashion. He truly feels he is above the law. Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you First ever object all, to Dr. Collins's characterization of them as fringe? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not fringe, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath me I, I did to not do that? You responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article yeah, you, in Wired, you, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got them. I nailed them in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not publications. what went on. You there did. you go again. That you was just your do the same thing every hearing. That was your response. And so, this, wasn't, so, this wasn't the only time. So your desire to take you're down absolutely people. absolutely incorrect. As usual, Senator, you no. are incorrect almost everything you well, said. Well, no, you deny, you deny, right. but the emails tell the truth of this. No. This wasn't the only time. Your desire to take down those who disagree with you didn't stop with Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. 
You conspired with Peter Daszak, who you communicated with privately, and other members of the scientific community that wrote opinion pieces for Nature. Five of them signed a, a paper for Nature, an opinion piece. Seventeen signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory, the idea that the virus could have originated right. in the lab. Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper? Easy questions. Signs of dishonesty is reverting conversation away from questioning. I see this in almost all his videos. Ends up making statements rather than just answering the questions. Senator, I never used that word when I was referring to it. You're distorting virtually everything. Did you communicate with the five scientists who wrote the opinion piece in Nature where they were describing, oh, this, there's no way this could that have come from, was from not the lab? me. What did I you did, talk with any of those see, scientists but privately? You keep, you keep distorting you? the truth. It is, it did is you stunning talk, how did you, you do Did you talk that? to any of the scientists privately yes. who wrote the opinion? You did. Well, what were they telling you privately? Well, well, let me explain. You know you're going back to that original discussion when I brought together a group of people to look at every possibility with an open mind. So you, not only are you distorting it, you were completely turning it around, as Were most you of the scientists do. that came to you privately, did they come to you privately and say, no way this came from the lab? Or was their initial impression, Dr. Gary and Dr. others that were involved, was their initial impression actually that it looked very suspicious for a virus you know, that came from a lab? Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. It's so obvious. <clears throat> okay. Now, my, my comment is important. Fauci has given more money to more scientists, more institutions than any single person in the history of, of the government. And he did it with AIDS. If you want to go along with AIDS is caused by a single virus, a weak retrovirus, that they weren't able to find per se, they found the antibody. And that's the first time in scientific history that an antibody was considered the, the antigen. But that was what happened. And they failed miserably and cost millions of lives where there were natural better treatments for people defined as having AIDS and HIV infected. They didn't want to hear that because they couldn't control the narrative. As of yesterday, a brand new report. I want to thank John Leake for this. Quote, synthetic assembly method posited in 2022 paper, scientific paper, found in diffuse draft. Quote, this is what's important. The documents reveal for the first time that a virologist working with the Wuhan lab planned to engineer new spike proteins in contrast with the collaboration's public work to insert whole spike proteins into viral backbones. Language in the proposal indicates this work may have involved unpublished viruses generating unpublished engineering spike proteins. This American biologist, University of North Carolina professor Ralph Berrick, was set to engineer 20 or more chimeric SARS-related viral spike proteins per year for the proposal, and two to five full-length engineered SARS-related viruses. Documents previously reported 
by U.S. Right to Know show that some of the experimentation could secretly occur in Wuhan at a lower biosafety level than specified in the grant, apparently to save cost. The proposal for Professor Barrick to perform the SARS-related viruses will come as no surprise to those who are familiar with his seminal papers on creating chimeric SARS-related viruses using gain-of-function procedures. The real fireworks reveal revelation in an early draft of the diffused proposal, and then it goes and shows the actual proposal, which I read. So think of that for a moment. Before there was SARS uh, epidemic, before there was a vaccine, there was a proposal to create the very viruses that would cause the epidemic. Now, how did that happen? Because there was a moratorium. The moratorium says we will not fund that, but it was not against the law. So Fauci, sending money through Peter Desick, Echo Health Alliance, then used that money to go around uh, the, uh, the uh, moratorium and take it to the Wuhan lab. Now, Wuhan is not one lab. There are multiple labs there, and some have very low security. In fact, a year or two before SARS outbreak, a whole security team from the United States went over there and found that the laboratory, the virus laboratory, was grossly um, unsanitary, multiple potentials for leaks, and, uh, and by the way, about 300 leaks have already occurred out of these biological labs around the world. So this is not a first time. Now, they then funded the research. But interesting that a Chinese scientist working through the Chinese Communist Defense Apparatus, they had over 99 PhD biologists working on weaponization, and don't use the word weaponization anymore. Uh, excuse me, a gain of function is weaponization. They're intentionally making a biologically active weapon that can neutralize, harm, or kill large numbers of people. He did the virus, but more importantly, he invented the vaccine. He had it patented. We have the patents. We know this is real. This is not conspiracy, not projection. He then, for an unknown reason, jumps off the building and kills himself. Why? So how is it possible, people, that we actually had a vaccine before anyone in the world knew that we had a virus causing health problems. Before there were the three doctors and scientists initially infected, probably by accident, before any of this, you had a vac virus that was invented and you had a vaccine that was invented. All this has been kept from the American public. The American media has not touched any of this, and that's unfortunate. We're going to say goodbye to BAI, so then go to the news. I'm going up to the top of the hour. So I just want to, and Anthony Fauci was aware of this, and what Rand Paul was referring to was the emails that he has captured and uh, has had in his possession that initially the people that Fauci was calling in his inner circle all believed that this had all the signs of coming from a laboratory, not nature. And then these same people, though they said in that, in the, in the, conference they were having that night, late into the morning, that this was likely uh, human-made, engineered. Suddenly, a week later, they're in Nature magazine saying, oh, this couldn't have been from a lab. And then in the Lancet, a whole lot more said, oh, it couldn't be from a lab. 
Now, all that's wrong. It was from a laboratory. It wasn't from nature. And yet, Fauci has remained uh, above the fray. And because he hasn't been indicted, and he should be, there's more than enough evidence to show that he was funding gain-of-function research. In fact, I have a video that I played on this program two years ago of uh, Peter Desick in, I believe it was Hong Kong, at a, a virus conference where he was being interviewed. It was just very casual. You see how yeah, we, we do gain-of-function research, you know, and talked about how he would cleave in different pathogens into the virus. All gain-of-function research should be banned, all of it. All the scientists involved should be brought in, all the lab directors, all the people funding it, all the outside overseers. Everyone should be questioned about what they've done, where's it at, and uh, who funded it, who approved it. And that's something people in Congress will not do because of who funds them. Go back to Chip Roy. These are deplorable people. They're real deplorables, not the working class unionist who was betrayed and finally, out of anger and, and uh, protest, voted for Trump. If you'd like to call in and share a quick thought, I'm open at 888-874-488. Following my program today, there is a, another program. And this is one that I'm really pleased that is now on PRN. Dot live, and uh, you're going to be you're going to be hearing more from this person. This is one of the best investigative journalists in the world, and uh, this is a person that has done so much good. Written for LA Weekly, and and you don't want to miss it. You don't want to. You don't want to. It's it's about the word, how you can use words and how you use words, for example, in, in ways that can uh, create a new dystopia, which is what is happening. I'm looking now. We don't have anyone on, and we're, unfortunately, we're out of time. Please don't go away. Stay tuned for my next uh, host here on PRN, and uh, she's going to be my guest in two weeks on the Progressive Commentary Hour for a full hour. We're going to go into a lot. I'll give you one little clue. She was the person who wrote the screenplay for Plandemic. All right? So she's really knowledgeable about a whole lot. And we have more hosts and more new guests coming at you. Have a nice day, everyone.